0: Welcome to the Heal Your Life Talk Radio Show. I am Victoria Johnson from victoriajohnson.org, your host and Heal Your Life Workshop Teacher Trainer and Heal Your Life Coach Trainer in Canada. I am the author of the best selling book, Do That and Then Some Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough, based on the teachings of Louise Hay, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and many more great teachers, authors, and thought leaders in for tips on how to heal your life now with power statements, affirmations, visualizations, reflection time, and real life stories with real life people who have overcome adversity. Learn to transform your thoughts and words. Learn to love yourself even more based on the techniques of Louise Hay and you can heal your life. We will be ending today's Heal Your Life Talk radio show with specific power statements, affirmations, and treatments to help you heal your life based on what we have talked about on the show. So stay tuned to change your thoughts and heal your life even more. As Louise Hay often said, the point of power is in the present moment. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first webinar webinar to tribute our lovely Louise Hay. Uh, This is part one of a four-part series, and I'm really glad that you have joined us today either live on the webinar itself or are listening to it separately at home or in your office or out for your walk, just really enjoying everything that we can do to pay tribute to our beautiful teacher, Louise Hay. I'm just going to give you a quick little overview about what we're going to do on the call today and then we'll go ahead and get started. Um, You will need a paper and pen um, and know that we are going to be making some notes and you're going to appreciate being able to go back to them throughout the week and uh, also I wanted to let you know that there is a chat feature on the zoom webinar platform so if you Choose to uh, have a question or having any technical difficulties, just type that into the little chat area. Uh, It looks like a little um, cloud with three dots in it. And you can chat privately to Chris if it's a technical problem or if you have any questions about Heal Your Life or anything that's going on or what we're talking about. Michelle will be happy to answer your questions as well. So thank you all for coming and I'm so happy to have you here joining us. I just want to take one moment and introduce myself for those of you who don't know me i am victoria johnson i am the hill your life teacher trainer for canada um, which is a, a huge privilege and an honor to be taking louise's work and her workshops that she created and carrying them forward and teaching other teachers who then go out and teach workshops and coach people and really keep her legacy alive uh, because it's timeless. It really is timeless and can be applied in so many different parts of our life. I also am a motivational speaker. I have an event coming up very soon in Portland that I'll tell you about later and um, a best-selling author, which I'm also thrilled about. I'm going to put some details in an email for you about that on how to get that book. I'm a business coach, a success coach, and a Heal Your Life coach and trainer. And uh, the best part about that is, is that I can hook you up with other Heal Your Life trainers uh, in Canada and around the world who would be best suited for you if you are looking for a coach trainer, and I can't you in because um, right now I'm taking two spots in October. Um, So if you need something before that, let me hook you up with the right person. I uh, just want to have a really good time on this call, on this webinar with us today and know that as we live in that high vibration and that high energy and that enthusiasm that we just draw more and more and more of that into our lives and Even though this is a tribute to Louise Hay, that is what she would want for us. She would want for us to be enjoying life and and living large and living excited and laughing. So on that note, I want to share an opening reading with you. And it was written by Dr. Patricia Crane, who is actually who uh, worked alongside Louise Hay for many years teaching the week-long Uh, Heal Your Life training event. And then, when Louise decided that it was just too much for her to continue to do because she had so much going on, she passed on those responsibilities to Patricia, who then passed them on to me in Canada. But Patricia um, has been doing this worldwide for, I think it's 22, 23 years, something like that. So let me share this with you. And you can keep your eyes open, you can close your eyes, whatever you would like to do. It's called I Claim My Magnificence. Today, I am ready to claim my magnificence. I know that I have a unique place on the planet and a unique contribution to make. I am in the process of becoming the masterpiece that I was meant to be. In that process, I am willing to lovingly embrace all parts of myself, my masterpiece is already in consciousness, and now the brushstokes of my life are filling in. I feel vibrant, alive, enthusiastic, loving and joyous. My joy is contagious. I support myself in my magnificent blossoming and I support others as well. I know that I am responsible for creating my life in the way I desire and others are responsible for theirs. My birthright is to enjoy harmonious relationships, unlimited prosperity, vibrant health, work I love and an abundance of happiness. I lovingly notice any living teen thoughts that are not in alignment with my birthright and gently weed them out of my inner garden. I forgive the past. I allow the present and trust the future. I am committed to claiming and expressing the magnificent being that I am. Yay. (laughs) Doesn't it feel so great to feel those kinds of words, to actually just take them into our heart and feel them and know that every word of that is true. It is our birthright to have that happiness. And you know, another part that stood out to me today is I am responsible for creating my life in the way that I desire and others are responsible for creating theirs. And I find that every time we read through these things that are, um, motivational to us and special to us. Other little things just glimpse out at us. So today we are gonna be talking a bit about Louise Hay and how she got things started and really the power of one person. And I think that's a big desire for a lot of us is, you know, I wanna make a difference. And some of us wanna make a difference in the whole world. That's our that's our ambition. Other people, we want to make a difference at home or we want to make a difference at work or with our friends and family. And there's no right and there's no wrong. There's just what making a difference means for you. But let me tell you a little bit about how Louise Hay made a difference. Uh, so she came from a very tormented childhood and upbringing as probably many of you already know. But instead of using that to go in a way that didn't serve her. She chose that to use that in a way that enriched her life and gave her healing and, and gave her that sense of belonging. And most importantly to her, that sense of really loving herself. Because we know that is her deepest desire is that people would learn to really love themselves and to know that they are enough. So in the 1970s, she started studying this work that has become the Heal Your Life work. I believe she did it through the uh, Church of Religious Science in New York, how she started uh, first going to that. And then in the 1970s, she wrote what many of you know as the Little Blue Book, the Heal Your Body book. Have you seen that book? The Little Blue Book? Yes. That has the treatments in it that are in You Can Heal Your Life, the main book. But it started out as uh, just the little blue book with just the treatments themselves in it and not the actual book book that first, first uh, came out then. So she uh, went on then to write You Can Heal Your Life. I believe this is the original cover for this one, which uh, was uh, on the New York Times bestselling list for 13 consecutive weeks. Amazing, and has sold over 50 million copies. Um, talk about making a difference, right? And she then went on to start Hay House uh, in the in her living room, with you know good old fashioned envelopes and stamps, and doing the work herself. And she often says, you know, I I answered my emails, I answered my phone, and that's how things got got rolling for her and that's something that we can all remember you know just keep going just keep going I was speaking to my husband last night about this and and um, I'm putting together the timeline and I'm like you know it took 18 years for Louise to become an overnight success Mm. and let that be a lesson to us right to just always keep going and keep doing our work and never knowing whose life we touch along the way and whose life we change including our own Uh, She then uh, put in place the I Can Do It conferences. If you have been to one of these, they were life-changing, you know, absolute legends like Dr. Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay together. It was just an incredible event to to be able to be at. They then have changed now to something called Hay House Live, uh, which is super exciting. There's one coming up in Houston. I hope to see you there in October, the first weekend in October. Um, she, at this point, was getting close to 75 and uh, was exclaiming, I'm 75 and really alive. So what a great <laughs> attitude that was. So then she launched Hay House Radio. Because why not, right? (laughs) And what I love about Hay House Radio, too, is that it can be listened to on all of your apps. Uh, It can be listened to just on your computer, however you like. Um, And in 2009, Balboa Press, so that people who were wanting to self-publish their books would have a place to do that. 2010, Experience Your Good Now. 2011, one of my favorite books, You Can Create an Exceptional Life with Cheryl Richardson. Um, How many of you are familiar with Cheryl Richardson? Uh Yeah, she does absolutely phenomenal work. And her and Louise were magic together. Uh, They do have a study course for that book as well, which is great. You can get that on Hayhouse.com. And then um, in 2017, Mirror Work, 2017 again, Life Loves You, the card deck and the book Heal Your Mind. And then as we are tributing today and for the next three sessions on August 30th, 2017, Louise transitioned at home in her bed, uh, just fell asleep and transitioned to the next world or for whatever life has for her beyond what we had for her here. So... Taking me back to my original point of making a difference. What a phenomenal difference this woman has made. And I feel so blessed that I know many of you Heal Your Life teachers and coaches that are watching also feel very blessed that you can take her work forward and teach it to other people around the world. I want to do a little bit of an interactive exercise with you now um, about deservability. Because one of the really core things that Louise used to say was, deep inside each and every one of us, deep, deep inside, is that little voice saying, am I enough? And so often we get caught up in that comparison game, or just not even trying something because we don't believe that we're enough. Or we get lost in a belief system that maybe isn't even our own belief system. And, you know many of us growing up, we had those messages, like, you know, you have to save your money for a rainy day, you know, you can't spend any money, or, um, you know, maybe another message around money about, you know, rich people, maybe being uh, not friendly, whatever those messages may be, right? But you learn very quickly that those negative messages that you've heard from your child do not have to be your belief system. And so I'm really excited to be working with that with you today, we're going to work on some deservability and some points of philosophy, and then I have got a little surprise for you in the end as well. So um, before we go into the deservability exercise, I wanted to share with you that Louise had nine points of philosophy, her, her nine points of basic philosophy. And number one is what we give out, we give back. And we've heard different versions of this throughout our lives. And, you know, uh, some of it is uh, biblical, do unto others as you ha- would have them go to you, you know, the golden rule, um, different proverbs will also say this, different different cultures will have a, a saying for this But what we give out is what we get back. And, you know, one thing that I really want to share with you that I've learned about this, because I got to tell you, I'm a little bit of an overachiever. So I look at this, what we give out, we get back. I'm like, yeah, I got this. This is good. I'm I'm already done that. Right. I can check that, that little box off. But then I got thinking, Hmm, what about my thoughts? Right. Because it's, it's pretty easy to keep things clean and what I put out of my mouth. Right. But it's sometimes in my head, there's a completely different script going on. And so then, I had to kind of bust myself and say, "Okay, if I'm going to really apply this, what we give, um, what we give out is what we give back." I have to start thinking about my thoughts. And um, I'm an I'm a Canadian, and uh, for the Canadians who are listening, you know, we have a reputation of being very nice, we're nice Canadians, and so it's hard for us to admit, admit that, you know, when we're smiling sometimes and shaking someone's hand and. And uh, thanking them and apologizing for them running into us or something like that. Um, We also have this little dialogue that goes on being like, you know, I can't believe that you just hit me with your shopping cart and I apologized, you know. And so really learning to clean up those thoughts that go along with it. So if we're judging and criticizing, even in our thoughts, that's something to really start to work on to clean up as well as a point of philosophy. So what we give out, we get back. And I have a special treat for you that Trish is going to now take over with another point of philosophy, um, point of philosophy number two, and she has a couple of stories to share with us.
1: Good morning, Victoria. Yes. I, I spent a life in drama. And I really stayed stuck in my story for a long, long time. And due to that, I became very, very ill. And I used to tell people, I get bronchitis every month, at least once a month. And I was affirming that I'd get bronchitis once a month. And I hadn't realized that until Louise Hay came along. But um, as I stopped saying that, And I wouldn't even, if I was getting a bug or a little bit of sickness, I would never even say the word. I wouldn't speak that word to people. And I would just say, I'm getting strong and healthy. And it was amazing how I stopped getting bronchitis. And that was 20-some years ago. So I know it works. Now, it was interesting leading up to this um, interview because just actually speaking those words again in my thought started to get a little bit uh, rattly in my chest and I thought, oh my God, just that's how sensitive I was to those those words in my mind. And so I think it's so important that we, when we're speaking to ourselves, that we're speaking clear, pure, positive words as you talk about the thought, because the thought's very powerful. And so um, another thing that happened to me is I kept saying how ill, how in pain I was. And it was so amazing as I started to say, I'm getting stronger and stronger every day. I'm getting healthier and healthier in every way. How it built up my immune system. I just turned 63 last week and I feel better than I felt when I was 40. So I'm super excited about this work. I'm stoked, I love it. And I just have so much gratitude to so many people who put me in this direction.
0: And Trish, thank you. You're an amazing teacher and coach. Did, did you have more you wanted to share? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: No, no, that's fine, because I could go on all day. So,
0: <laughs> Oh, you know, um, it, it, pardon me?
1: I said thank you, Victoria. Oh,
0: you're most welcome. You know, when you're talking, it reminded me of I was doing last year for Louise's um, anniversary of her passing, I was doing an event in Calgary, and I think there was like, you know, 70 or so people registered, and I'm driving to Calgary, and as I get closer, they get more and more and more and more pain, right? And um, people around me were like, oh, you're getting a cold. Oh, you're getting a cold. (laughs) I'm like... Stop. Stop saying it. Stop claiming it. And instead remembered something that Louise used to say, which was like, oh, I I have a sensation in my throat. I love it. (laughs) So somehow I was blessed to be able to get through that event and have absolutely no voice after. But that event was great. So, you know, I
1: love it because I had a sensation in my throat yesterday and I just kept saying I'm strong and healthy because of course I didn't want to get on here with no voice. <laughs> and I'm healthy I'm strong and healthy as a result
0: oh absolutely well that's you know just so true you know what we believe about ourselves becomes true for us and and then you know there's other areas um besides our health of course as there is with everything you know there's that um I never have enough money. I hear that a lot from people, um, and I see some nodding going on. I never have enough money. And um, what if we switch that around to, you know, don't don't worry about changing anything else in your current reality right now, but just changing that around to, I always have enough money. To, you know, to do what I want to do. I always have enough money. The money always shows up. One of my favorite things is when I'm on the right path. The money always shows up for me. And it has proven to be true over and over and over again. And um, another little area of, of that, you know, what we believe about ourselves becomes true for us is in relationships. Um, so often when I'm coaching people, and it doesn't seem to matter if it's business coaching or if I'm doing writing coaching or heal your life coaching. Um, so often what I hear from people is, you know, this this sense of loneliness because they I feel that they can't trust other people, that they can't have those solid relationships. And you know we're built for connection, we're hardwired for connection and and you know, yes, we're strong and we're independent and we can stand on our own and all of those things. but we really need other people as well. it's just it's just the way we're made. And, you know, so to be able to cultivate those those trusting relationships mean that we have to change that belief system as well. And instead of believing that everyone I meet isn't trustworthy, really believing that, you know, the people that you meet are worthy of your trust and are worthy of your time and your friendship, and then you the the friendships that you attract to you, and the relationships, the romantic relationships that you attract to you, the jobs that you attract to you, all of those things, the quality of them will just get higher and higher and higher, and um, you know I I think we've all experienced that in our lives. Everyone that's that's here live
2: on this call today,
0: seeing some heads nodding. Is there anything about that you wanted to share, Michelle?
2: Um, you know, of course, because law of attraction is my passion. Right. So I absolutely believe that the more that I became in love with myself, I found the love that was returned to me was like, also exponential. Like I didn't have to worry about friends. And I think a lot of old friends would fall away. I think that's a big thing to know that don't feel bad when those old friendships fall away. Right. Because Mm -hmm. it means something greater is coming to you. And that's been my experience. You know, every time I said, this person's not really vibrationally matching up with me anymore, then what happened was is I opened and I let them go. I opened up to people who were vibrationally matching up to me people who were there to help me on my journey. And it was, it was magical, right? I mean, life is magical when you just love yourself, right? Is that, that's seems where it starts.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely true. And you know, another piece of that, that I really love is, you know, you set them free to be with people who are a vibrational match to them as well
2: right right absolutely right
0: so it's a win-win yes. situation that way but yeah absolutely we are hardwired for uh connection um i was just looking to see if i have a copy of my book here which i don't but it's called do that and then some Transform feelings of less than to more than enough and that's one of the chapters in there we are hardwired for connection
2: mm-hmm. and we really need
0: it and i know how much i love this heal your life community uh and everything that louise has created that has you know had this trickle down effect worldwide i think we're 1600 or so um, and you know in Canada here we're growing and growing and I'm just so thrilled to be part of that community and love everything that it brings to us and, and it fills all of those feelings of, of maybe the not having those close friendships or not having those people that we can trust and you know what else I find is you know there's so much happening all the time is that I'm always um, being triggered and growing. Triggered, growing, triggered, growing, and likewise I'm sure I'm triggering people and helping them grow as well. Um, you know so we learn from the triggers and we learn from the mirrors and we learn from the encouragement and life is just so good for us all.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right so um, I'm going to move into a piece on deservability right now. So deservability uh, is you know basically A lot of times in life, we want what we are not having. And sometimes, you know, it can be for logistical reasons that are, you know, quite realistic and so on. But I would say most of the time, it's due to these inner belief system that we have that maybe we don't deserve that. And we were just talking about friendships and romantic relationships and connection and good health. Um, Those all have that element of deservability in them right? Do we deserve to have those things? And so what I would like to ask you to do is, and and we'll just do it quickly on the phone, but I would, on the webinar, but I would love if you would do it more in depth once we're off the webinar um, before we meet again in two weeks. And so um, just to talk to you a little bit about deservability, um, we just sometimes don't believe that we don't deserve to have it. But Deserving really doesn't have anything to do with having good. It is our unwillingness to accept that gets in the way. Life is offering, life loves us. And life is offering us so many things all the time. But for some reason, usually cultivated in childhood, and I'm not blaming anybody's parents. Um, We've got some of these deservability issues and we aren't willing to accept. And then that gets in the way. So really what I wanna help you to do is to get some solutions to some problems that you're facing in your life by learning how to overcome these patterns. So allowing yourself to accept good, whether you think you deserve it or not. Does that make sense? Yes? Okay, so either with pen and paper or if you can put it in your mind, um, be clear and specific and think about what it is that you want that you are not having. So being very specific and clear, either on paper or in your mind, think about what it is that you want that you are not having. And again, this can be in any area of your life. It can be in health. It can be in relationships, prosperity, abundance, peace. What do you want in your life that you are not having? So I'm just going to give you a few more seconds here. And then we are going to move on to the next question, Uh, question number two. What were the rules or the laws in your home about deserving? What were you taught about deserving? Um, did your parents teach you you didn't deserve or you, know, you don't deserve a snack, you don't deserve an allowance? Um, I'm 53, so I'm of that age group where um, we were sent to bed without dinner, um, you know, or spanked or all of those things. And that was very normal you know, for my generation. And so you know, I was taught very early on, you, know, you don't deserve fruit, you go to bed with no, no nothing. Right. That's your punishment um and it and i'm not saying any of this to make my parents wrong or your parents wrong i fully 100 percent believe that we are all doing the absolute best we can when we raise our families i know i did um you know for those of you on the call i know who you are and i know you're doing the absolute best you can raising your families um but the truth is is that we all have a different perception and if you asked my children about their life they'd probably tell you a different story than what I would tell you about their lives and that's okay so just thinking because a lot of times things aren't actually said but they're implied or they're picked up in know in a mannerism an example is the other day um, my son said mom why did you give me the look and I said I didn't give you the look what are you talking about the look but you know he perceived that and so for a day he walked around carrying that oh mom gave me a look you know and and having that negative energy so again what were the rules or laws in your home about deserving what did your parents tell you what did your teachers family neighbors tell you um, did you feel like you had to earn love or did you feel like you deserved love did you get things taken away from you That's another big one too, where it's like, you know, sometimes people would give things and then take it back if they felt that you had done something wrong. How did that feel? So what were the laws and the rules in your house about deserving? And then I want to go into question number three and just switch into present day. So coming back to today, what do you deserve? So either gathering that in your mind or writing it down on paper, what do you feel that you deserve? What is the image that comes up with that? Do you feel like you need to earn it or do you feel like it's your birthright? What is it that you feel that you deserve and are you good enough for it? Do you feel like you're good enough for it? So just thinking about that and making some notes about that, either on paper or in your mind.
1: And then I want to
0: start, excuse me, then I want to switch over to the sense of purpose that comes with the feelings of deserving. So what is it that you want in your life that you would like to have what would you like to have to live for what would be your purpose what would be the meaning of what you have created thus far in your life and I know that's a really deep question but just listen to your inner voice and what comes out what do you feel your purpose is what is the meaning in what you've created
1: in life And
0: what if we took that a little step forward one more time and pushed it a little farther, what would you deserve then? So just pushing a little farther, what would you deserve then? So this exercise, I've taken pieces of it, It it's called Deservability really learning to identify what it is that you deserve and your feelings around deservability. And is deservability something that someone else has or is it for you? Are you one of those people who deserves to give everything to everyone else but not to keep things for yourself? So let's take a moment here and just have some group chat and talk about what came up during this exercise so um i'll go first um and you guys can think about that um so for me um one thing that came up when i was making my notes when i was doing this exercise was um what were the laws in your home around deserving and um it was that I was compared a lot. I was compared a lot to other people, um, you know, perfect neighbors or, um, you know, having, getting dirty. Oh, I was, a, I was a farm kid and mud was my friend, you know? And so having these beliefs that, you know, I was somehow bad because I was dirty. And so then I, I didn't deserve supper or I didn't deserve food or I deserved to get in trouble for being dirty. And, um, and I learned that everything had a, a price or a reaction. So, you know, as a child, you know, we learned to adapt to that. We learned to manipulate our reactions um, so that we can please those who we're trying to please. And um, I definitely did that and then grew up to be an adult who had no idea what I deserved um, or who I really was. So really working through this exercise was really beneficial to me when I said, you know, what do you, what do you have to live for? What's your purpose in life? When I did this, um, I filled in my family, my children, my grandchildren, um, mm-hmm. and I forgot all about me. And I think that can really happen a lot with people and forgetting about what it is that I deserve, right? And I know now that I deserve to have the desires of my heart. and. Uh, Interestingly enough, I had written in here, I deserve to be a best-selling author. I deserve to be a motivational speaker because those are the passions of my heart. And now those things have come true. So do you see how that works? Just really connecting with that deservability. Does anyone else want to share?
2: Yeah, actually, something just came up for me as you were talking, Victoria, because I wrote down notes and I'm like, you know, a lot of it's, you know, um, abundance, right. And manifesting money now that I'm a full-time entrepreneur, as, as any entrepreneur knows, it can be challenging. And, but as you were talking, I'm like, no, I think what I, what really came to me is I didn't deserve attention. Cause I, I grew up the youngest of six. My, my mom was my dad left when I was 18 months old. So my family was a wreck right when my life started. Right. And I, that was always my issue. I never fit in with my five siblings. I was the lone sheep. I'm the only redhead. You know, I was goth in eighth grade. Like I was like, but I craved attention, right? Which is probably why I did the goth thing, but I didn't believe I deserved attention. So now what I'm doing in my life is I'm out there as a coach and a speaker and an author as well, wanting to get attention. But I think there's that belief that I don't deserve it. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) I know this just came up I'm like oh my gosh because I'm like oh I'm doing really good like I feel so blessed in my life but that that one thing because one of the things I was like I love to increase my numbers in social media right because that's a big part of the business and that's something that brings me down a lot when I'm like oh nobody likes me nobody watches my stuff right <laughs> but it's not true I do have people watching me and people are listening to me but that, that inner belief of, I don't deserve attention is still there. So then when it's weird, yeah, I'm going to sit with this, Victoria. This is good (laughs) stuff. It's
0: very interesting. So I see Trish laughing in the background. So I feel like she has something to add.
1: Well, I am laughing because I'm thinking how this is like aha moments, probably for all of us right now. And I was thinking back to my childhood and, um, really thinking of how I was so different from my siblings. There were five of us.
2: Oh no, and... <laughs> sorry.
1: No, that's okay. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, I was like, you know, I'm six foot one. My sisters are five, 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 four. Um, I have a sister actually five, eight, but my mom, she was really short as well. And my father had shrunk a bit. So I was really, I stood out. And I had, I was really, really skinny and just this tall, tall, thin person with ratty hair. And so when you were talking, I was thinking about my childhood and my ratty hair at the back and how my father used to pull these knots out with a comb. And he used to say, oh, look how so-and-so's hair looks. She was a neighbor. She had beautiful, blonde, long, gorgeous hair. And he compared, I was thinking about you talking about comparing. And he compared me to that. And I remember my grade one teacher sending me home and saying, you need to go home and get a haircut. You have a rat's nest. And so for my whole life, and here I am 63, and I still worry about that little bit in the back and make sure I'm not having that rat's nest. Or, and I don't have it anymore, but I'm always worried about how my hair looks in the back. So comparing is amazing, isn't it? Absolutely. Best, yeah. And such a great point
0: that we can all relate to this feeling of comparison, this feeling of deservability and, and, you know, not getting the same special attention that those who have maybe what we want, or those who maybe don't stand out as much as we do, kind of get to fly under the radar a little bit and not notice
1: uh, as much attention, negative or positive. Yeah. Another thing I just want to mention, and just think, I don't know why this is coming into my mind, but my niece is severely brain damaged, and we took her to Cyprus, and she does stim, so I don't know if you understand that, that that she bangs her, her hands against her head, and she makes lots of loud noises going, ah, and. ah. Um, So she, everybody was staring at her in the airport. And my sister-in-law was so embarrassed and she felt just horrible. And I looked at her and I said, what's the matter? She says, I hate it when everybody stares at Carrie. And I said, oh, well, everybody stares at me. And it's because, again, because I'm so tall and I'm so you know, taller than the average bear, I guess, (laughs) um, that I'm noticed. And I said, don't worry about it. So then I proceeded to do stims in the airport as well with Carrie. (laughs) And it just caused laughter and happiness amongst all the people in there. And so it's amazing what our minds can do to us, right? Our Mm -hmm. minds can make us believe that we're odd or we're horrible. But it's just because we're sometimes different that we have to help people to accept or understand who we are. You
0: know that is such a beautiful expression of using your thoughts in a creative way and I'm going to use that as a as a lead-in to our thoughts are creative because you know with these deservability pieces and and you know uh, Michelle what you shared about um, you craved attention But then again, didn't believe that you deserved attention, you know, in that vicious circle that that all creates. And when I hear you say things like, you know, I'm trying to build my social media following, I I don't have enough on social media. That's that little voice that's saying, I need this attention. Um, And then the other part of it, that the reality is you have a podcast in 100 countries. Um, Hello, (laughs) people (laughs) are listening.
1: Not true. You
0: are noticing, right? And but because you you know that belief was there. That childhood belief is that I don't deserve the, I don't believe that I deserve the attention. That holds us back from celebrating today, when we can look and say, "Hey, my podcast in one hundred countries, which is an amazing accomplishment." Mm -hmm. right so do you see how our limiting beliefs from our childhood can can then hold us back yes yes so does anyone else want to share uh what they came up with when i asked them what is it that you deserve like what what is it that you live for what okay so you know what that's that's okay i'm going to just stay with what Uh, Trish and Michelle have shared and the absolute pearls of wisdom that came from that and I'm going to move into Louise Hay's point of philosophy number three which is our thoughts are creative and uh, from there we're going to talk a little bit about money 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 people are always awkward to talk about money but we all use it and we all need it so let's talk about it so our thoughts are creative And I'm just going to read this from Louise's script, which says, this is the most important law of nature that we need to know. So one idle thought does not make much of a difference, but thoughts are like drops of water. You know, first they come down a little bit here and there. Then the thoughts, they join together and they become a little puddle, right? You keep thinking them for a while and pretty soon that little puddle becomes a pond. And then eventually it becomes this powerful ocean. And that's fabulous if that thought was a positive thought and something that you're building towards. But if it was something that was self-sabotaging or if it was building on anger or frustration or resentment, then, you know, that can really get to a point where you're drowning in this sea of negativity instead of just floating on over that ocean of life. Does that make sense? yes absolutely um I have something that I want to share with you around that our thoughts are creative and so I remember being in um another country and it was my mom's birthday the first year after she passed away and I really wanted to honor her and um I just kept thinking I wish I could honor her somehow today what could I do to honor her today and And, um, you know, if only I had some red roses, red roses were her favorite. I could take some red roses and I could go down to the beach and and put some rose petals in the ocean for her and just let her know how much I love her. And, um, you know, but I'm looking at my watch, I gotta get to the airport and so on and so forth. So I pack up my bags and I uh, get a knock on the door and I'm a little late checking out of the hotel. So it's housekeeping. And uh, I opened the door, and there on the housekeeping lady's card is red roses. And so I slam the door shut. (laughs) And I'm like, what have I done? You know, it's like the universe is like, here you go. And I'm like, I'm not ready. You know, I'm not ready. I asked for it, but I'm not ready. And then I composed myself, and uh, I opened the door again. And it had gone from just being some random red roses to being now a bride's bouquet of red roses. And um, I said, you know, would do you think it'd be okay if I could just maybe have one, just one of those roses out of out of that, so that I could just um, use it to pay tribute to my mom? Could I just have one? And the lady just hands me this entire bouquet of beautiful red roses, my mother's favorite. And um, I was just like, oh, thank you, universe. But you know, all those little thoughts, right? All those little thoughts that were... A little, a few drops that then became a pond, that then became a lake, that then became an ocean. They provided me with what I needed uh, for the universe to manifest this bouquet of
1: red roses
0: for me, um, that I could then take down to the ocean and dismantle, and um, release back into the water, just to pay tribute to my mom, watching them, you know, ebb and flow with the waves, and just had such a beautiful moment. So again, the uh, point of philosophy there is our thoughts are creative. Now I want to share with you the other side of that, because we can also create some some havoc in our lives and some worry and uh, frustration and so on with our thoughts. And I know that for me, um, you know, I'm a mom, and like mothers, we worry about our children. And it, it, and I call them children, like they're five and eight. And I think they're something like 31 and 34, um, but for some reason, I keep thinking they're five and eight. So they uh, tell me one night they're going out uh, for dinner and a couple of drinks. And so I do the usual mom speech: we'll make sure that you're not having drinks and driving, and so on. And they go off on their way. And keeping in mind, they're both married with children, right? These are not little boys living under my roof. And so the night goes on and I start to worry. Uh Uh-oh. What if they drink too much and think they're fine and they drive? You know, they're big boys, so they get cocky and they think I can have a couple and still be fine, you know, because of their size. But, you know, it's not really true. And then, you know what would happen if they actually drank and drove and got into an accident and, you know, hurt themselves and, or hurt someone else, you know, and my one son is a barber and how's he supposed to cut hair with a broken arm? And my other son is a truck driver. And, you know, how is he supposed to do his job when he can't shift, you know, because he's been in this car accident and his body is sore. Oh my God. What if that doesn't happen? What if they get pulled over by the police? I mean, my youngest son being the truck driver, he would lose his license, right? And then he'd have no way to support his family. And if he didn't support his family, oh, I'm getting stressed out. And if he didn't support his family, then he would lose his house. And if he lost his house, you know, his wife would probably leave. And then he wouldn't get to see his son very often at all. She'd probably end up with some other guy that she would marry and that would be that would be my son's father. And, and, you know, this whole scenario, and I am like now hyper, I'm laying in bed, hyperventilating, right, totally stressed out. You can hear my voice right now, how my thoughts are creative, how my thoughts right at this moment are causing me to be short of breath, right? So finally, I grab my phone, and I text the boys, and I'm like, do you need me to come pick you up? And they're like, "Uh, Mom, we're home in bed, right? We're fine. We were only out for an hour. Right? (laughs) And so you see, my few drops of thoughts became a puddle, a pond, a lake, and an ocean that were absolutely overwhelming. And I created this absolute stressful situation just with my thoughts. So, again, point of philosophy number three today our thoughts are creative. And don't do what I did. oh goodness can you relate to that
2: absolutely (laughs) yes
0: I for those of you listening by audio you can't see Trish almost falling out of her chair laughing and I know Trish has adult children so she understands (laughs) okay let's take a minute to talk about some money and uh, we've got about another 10 minutes here or so to go so we're just going to move quickly through this And then I have a beautiful treatment that I want to share with you. So again, going back to our thoughts and our thoughts being creative, uh, let's talk about money and prosperity. So often many of us believe, you know, I can't save money. I don't earn enough. I'm trapped, right? I'm trapped in this whirlwind of, of these bills I have to pay and I can only make X amount of dollars. I can't save any money for retirement and, then we attach our self-worth to all of that. Right? So we get these negative thoughts about money. You know, my neighbor has more than I do look at the new motor home They just bought, I'll never have a motorhome. I'm going to be a tent kind of person for the rest of my life. Right. And you know, that self-esteem or that self-worth, you know, it just goes down and down and down as we continue to compare ourselves about money or with others and stress about money. And so You know, your flow of money coming to you, again, depends on your level of consciousness. And if you're able to break out of those thoughts of I don't have enough into I always have enough, you can change the flow of money to you. And so you may be wondering, how do I do that? And affirmations you know, affirmations are positive, personal, present tense. Affirmations can really help to change that. Another thing that really helps to change that is visualization. Visualization is a technique that athletes have been using for years and years. You hear about it all the time with professional athletes and, you know, at the Olympics or uh, marathoners, you know, they're picturing every mile of the way. They're not just picturing themselves going through the finish line with their hands in the air and the crowd roaring. They're picturing every step of the way. So usually using that tool of visualization. Um, and if you need more information on that, you know, we're happy to help out with that. Um, you can go to victoriajohnson.org. There's free resources there. There's booklets you can download on visualizing and on affirmations and this, the power of positive thinking. Um, But I really want to talk about your feelings about money Um, because this, that's what this webinar series, you know, is to tribute Louise's work. And this is all from Louise's work. And we want to have help you have solutions to any problem that may arise. So, Just thinking about money for a moment, you know, eyes open, eyes closed, whatever works for you. Think about this. Think, my biggest fear about money is, and then either write down your answer or get it in your mind. My biggest fear about money is. And when you're ready, then move on to what you learned about money as a child. Did you learn that money is something that causes people to fight? Did you learn that money is scarce? Did you have really positive messages about money growing up? What did you learn about money as a child? And when you're ready with that, think about your parents and what were their thoughts about money. So some of you who are my age or older, you'll, you'll maybe have had parents that grew up in the Depression era. And, you know, some of that thinking was, you know, that real scarcity. There's not enough for food. There's not enough, um, you know, we always need to buy on sale. We need to have things used, not new Um and you know repurposing everything as as much as we can till a pair of jeans becomes a dishcloth so what were your parents ideas about money and then think about your family your family of origin growing up and how were finances handled in your family Maybe that was something handled only by your mother or only by your father. Maybe it was something that was discussed openly at the dinner table and it was part of the whole family's um, conversation. Or maybe it was something that you you never talk about. It's taboo to talk about money and it was always behind closed doors and you knew that it was a hush-hush secret. So what are some of those ideas? Now, coming back to the present day, what do you think about money? Are you free to spend? Are you free to save? What do you think about your money consciousness? You know, do you feel worthy of having money? I know for me, there was a period in my life where, you know, I wanted money, but the second I had it in my hands, I spent it. And so that was that negative messaging back to that deservability piece we were talking about at the beginning of this webinar. I wanted it, but I didn't feel I deserved to have it. So what are your beliefs about money? Again, we talked about greatest fears, putting that greatest fear in your mind about money. What is that greatest fear in your mind about money? And how can we turn that into a positive affirmation? Remembering that a positive affirmation is positive, personal, and present tense. So it's not, you're going to have enough money. It is, I do have enough money. I'm going to read you a couple of examples here um, if your if your fear was um, I don't have enough money I spend it as soon as I get it you could turn that into I bless the money I have it is safe for me to save money and to let my money work for me and if your greatest fear regarding about money was that you um, are afraid that you'll always be broke a sample. Affirmation for that would be, I now accept limitless abundance from a limitless universe. Remember the roses? A limitless universe, right? So whatever it is that you feel that you have a fear about money, if you could just turn that into something personal, present tense and positive, and then like a seed that is being watered you'll need to really take care of that affirmation. You'll need to really take care of that positive thought. And you'll need to plant that firmly in your mind. You'll need to to water it and nourish it and take care of it and tend to it. And know that everything takes time to grow. It takes time to believe those thoughts. And if you're at that point where you're feeling like, I don't believe what I'm saying. I don't believe that I always have enough money. How is that true? I'm always overdrawn. How could I possibly believe I always have enough money? It's okay just to be willing to believe that you have enough money. You can start there. I am willing to believe I have enough money. And if that's not quite where you're at, you can be willing to be willing to be willing to believe that you have enough money. So just switching those affirmations, taking those negative messages that you have about money and turning them around into powerful affirmations and then tending to those seeds with the nourishing and the the water and the positive thoughts, right? Just just cherishing that little plant, you know, even if you're visualizing it like a little plant in a pot um, and just watching it grow and watching it grow and watching it grow and taking good care of it and loving it and trusting that it is going to grow. You know, when we put seeds in the ground, we don't walk away and think, oh, that's never going to work. That's never going to grow. When we put seeds in the ground, you know, we believe there's a really reasonable chance that we're going to get a plant, right? Think about that when you're planting your flowers or planting your garden and getting those results that you really, really want. Does anyone have one that they would like to share with us? An affirmation or a fear around money that we can help you with an affirmation on?
1: Um, no, I
2: have to say, I'm sorry. Um, I, I was thinking about my mind shift around money and, you know, I've been actively working on this Victoria, as you know, um, mm-hmm. I have my own uh, guided meditation that I have on my website that I listen to myself about wealth mindset and my sweetie has, I've helped him in his wealth mindset, you know, but as I'm doing this, I, it's actually exciting to see that my, my seed that I have planted, I have been doing these affirmations. I have been doing the work. I' I'm, I'm like even though like I'm not exactly in this place of abundance I feel abundant and then I look at my life I'm like everything is always working out and that was the story in my childhood my mom would when my dad left she had nothing but she always had this attitude of everything's gonna work out she became a realtor she able she got my oldest siblings to college again but now she attitude if it's always is always working out so positive note I know these affirmations Michelle you're cutting out on us a little bit there oh but I just say I just feel now my trees are growing and it's exciting to see all this work that I've been doing on affirmations and visualizations it is working so that's where I'm at on this like everything's always working and that's been an affirmation of mine everything's always working out you know yes
0: Yes. Everything is always working out for my highest good. Right. Absolutely. That's one of the foundational Louise Hay affirmations. Everything is always working out for my highest good. All is well.
2: Only good will come out of the situation. I am safe. Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) That's beautiful for us all to claim. Uh, Trish, you had started to say something.
1: I um, also through affirmation, uh, I had a business in town several years ago and it was a, there's 5,600 people in our town. And I remember at Christmas time saying, we're gonna sell $15,000 worth of gift certificates. And if you realize that, you know, that population is not all adults, there's a lot of kids in there as well. And the girls looked at me like I was absolutely nuts. And I put $15,000 on the bottom of the page. And, you know, we exceeded it. We got 17000 And so every year I would do the same thing. And it taught me. It taught me how to um, create that abundance in my life. And I feel extremely abundant. And it isn't all about finances. Um, it is about every area of your life and just having that belief.
0: Absolutely. And I'm so glad you said that because that's such a nice segue into what I was going to ask for the listeners to do over the next two weeks until we get it together again. And that is to really start um, thinking about and recording on a piece of paper. If you could, you know, do it on your phone or you can do it uh, on paper with paper and pen. But I really want you to start thinking about some of those belief systems that you have in health in um, prosperity, wealth, financials, money, whatever you wanna call it, in your relationships and in your spirituality, if you can start thinking about some of those belief systems, and uh, they don't have to be negative, they, you know, um, but certainly do include the negative, some of the belief systems that you have, and, and if you could do that on the left side of your paper, and then on the right side of your paper, I'm just gonna ask you whose belief that is, if it's even your belief, and how do you feel when you believe it? Does it does it enrich your life? Does it feel great? Does it propel you forward? Does it hold you back? Does it drain you? So just that very simple exercise of on that left hand side of the page, you know, making some sections for health. Wealth, Relationships, and Spiritual Life, and then on the right side of the paper, uh, next to anything that you've recorded on the left, as far as belief systems in your life, recording whose belief is that, and how do I feel when I believe that belief. does that bring up for me and then on the next call we will be going through all of that as well and just really helping you to transform your life which is what louise uh was all about with us to transform our life in every area So, um, if anyone uh, has anything to add uh, or a question, you can go ahead and ask that now, and then I'm going to close with a beautiful, loving treatment that Louise uh, had wrote that does cover, again, every area of our life. Okay, we're good to go. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. Um, I really do appreciate having you here. We will see you in two Sundays from now at the exact same time. So I believe that's September 15th, Sunday, September 15th, at the exact same time, 9 a.m. Mountain Time. And I'm just going to leave you with this beautiful writing from our Louise Hay, and uh, it's called Loving Treatment. And if you are able to just close your eyes, and wherever you're at, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes, but wherever you're at, if you can just take a moment to listen to this, Loving Treatment by Louise Hay. Deeper at the center of my being, there is an infinite well of love. I now allow this love to flow to the surface. It fills my heart, my body, my mind, my consciousness, my very being and radiates out from me in all directions and returns to me multiplied. The more love I use and give, the more I have to give. The supply is endless. The use of love makes me feel good. It is an expression of my inner joy. I love myself, there I love therefore I lovingly take care of my body. I lovingly feed it nourishing food and beverages. I lovingly Groom it and dress it, and my body lovingly responds to me with vibrant health and energy. I love myself, therefore I provide for myself a comfortable home, one that fills all my needs and is a pleasure to be in. I fill the rooms with the vibration of love, so that all who enter, myself included, will feel this love and be nourished by it. I love myself, therefore, I work at a job that I truly enjoy doing, one that uses my creative talents and abilities, working with and for people that I love and love me and earning a good income. I love myself, therefore, I behave and think in a loving way to all people, for I know that which I give out returns to me multiplied. I only attract loving people into my world, for they are a mirror of who I am. I love myself, therefore I forgive and totally release the past and all past experiences. I am free. I love myself, therefore I live totally in the now experiencing each moment as good, and knowing that my future is bright and joyous and secure, for I am a beloved child of the universe, and the universe lovingly takes care of me, now and forevermore, and so it is. Yes, and when you're ready, just gently return your consciousness back to the room. And once again, thank you so much for being here with me. I will be sending out an email to each of you uh, with this recording, but also with some great offers that I have for you. I want to talk about the Manifest Your Best Life event happening in Portland, Oregon. How to thrive in health, wealth, and abundance, love, and relationships. And I am co-facilitating that with Michelle, who is on the call today. And that website is Manifest Your ManifestYourBest life events.com manifest your best life events.com tickets are uh 149 or if you want to come for both days then they are 198 for two days so that is a super awesome deal at a really cool venue in portland that is very quaint and and um Chic, I guess is the word, all at the same time uh, with lots of really cool things. It's a converted school that is now a hotel and a meeting room place. So it's really awesome from, I think, 1915. So it's got some great history there. Also, I mentioned that I have two spots available for coaching starting in October, but I also have a list of amazing coaches that are heal your life coaches that I can connect you with if you're looking for some coaching and the heal your life training to become a heal your life teacher or Heal Your Life Coach or both. Um, That is happening very soon in Victoria, BC. Uh, Registration is open now for that and the event will be next spring. So it starts on March 21st uh, in lovely Victoria, BC and the website for that is thetraining.ca. So I look forward to hearing from you all, finding out how I can help you, and uh, between now and the next call, if you have any questions that you want me to address on the call, just let me know. I'm Mm -hmm. always here for you, and I thank you for joining me. Goodbye everyone.
1: Thank you, Mm Victoria.
0: You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you thank you for joining us on today's podcast. We hope that you learn tips to help you heal your life even more. For more information on Heal Your Life Workshop teacher and coach training, please visit thetraining.ca. For more information on me, your host, Victoria Johnson, please visit victoriajohnson.org. And please order my book on Amazon, Do That and Then Some, Transform Feelings of Less Than to More Than Enough.